Hi, I'm Arlen Walker, and I'm live from Pelham's Wasteland, and today I don't really have a, a plan or anything. Um, I've got a call-in or two from Jason, uh, as usual, which is always great to have. Um, so I'm going to respond to those, and then, I don't know, just going to talk about stuff, talk about upcoming stuff, talk about what's going on. I don't know. We're, I'm not sure. I'm gonna. So I'm recording this on November 4th. Um, I'm going to try to stay away from political stuff beyond just saying that uh, that's kind of when I'm recording. And so, yeah. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's get into the episode. Hey, Arlen, Jason here. Thank you for putting up the solo adventures of Thalamere on your podcast. I was able to listen to those on the way to work today. Really enjoyed them. Um, yeah, against Dark Master sounds like combat works pretty good. So, yeah, pr- pretty interesting all around. And look forward to talking again soon. Take care. All right, Jason calling in about the solo sessions. Yeah, um, Against the Dark Master has been pretty fun, pretty good so far. It, um, I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about the swinginess of combat. At least the way I've been playing is fairly conservatively in the sense that Thalon Mir is parrying for basically all of the enemy's um, attack bonus in in every fight, and therefore it's you know basically a who rolls better on the D one hundred challenge without a whole lot of um, influence of skill, um, which you know is not necessarily a, a bad thing, and that's probably. Um, you know, realistic for similarly skilled opponents at sort of certain levels. It, um, I am interested in seeing how things pan out in terms of, um, later, later fights, later combat sessions where there's more, um, influence of, uh, especially of the, the player character, you know, Thalonmere versus an orc or two where he's got a much higher bonus than the orc or two have. And so is able to kind of, you know, aggressively and effectively take control of the fight that I think will be interesting. Um, so we're going to, we're going to see how that works. I recorded session three yesterday afternoon, which went up on YouTube today, which is yesterday for you guys when you get this. So two days ago when I recorded it and yesterday when it went up on YouTube. Um, and I'm probably going to put that up on anchor um, the other episodes, they just didn't, uh, not as many listens to those episodes on Anchor. Um, so we're going to see if I, I keep putting them on Anchor. Definitely on YouTube. They'll they'll be up on YouTube for as long as I continue that against the Dark Master Thalonmere campaign. But um, it just sort of seems like, as I originally expected, in some ways, it seems like... Um, well, that uh, the the YouTube channel where that is more of a focus, those episodes do better versus the uh, anchor 
uh, where it's more of the the kind of traditional podcasting, you know, me talking to you guys about stuff that interests me, those episodes don't do as well. Um, which, you know, that's fine. It's not a, it's not a big problem either way. It's just making me think about like, what's, what's the right, basically what's the right move in terms of giving everybody, um, access to what they want. Is it to continue putting stuff on anchor and just label it like I did? Is it to, um, only put up stuff on YouTube? Is it, who knows? Um, anyway, but there is some stuff that's going to go on YouTube and anchor. And that includes the overview that I recorded for there and back again by Ray Otis, um, which is a, a neat little game. Um, if you haven't heard of it, I'm, uh, yeah, you can get it on his itch.io page. Um, and it's for playing adventures like the Hobbit, the original Hobbit, um, adventures. The 1937 version of the Hobbit specifically is called out. So anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I've been having fun doing solo gaming. I've been having fun doing overviews. We'll see what the next overview is, but I suspect after uh, there and back again, I suspect it'll be Adventures in Middle Earth. Um, but yeah, I am. Uh, I don't know. I'm having fun doing all the things, and so that's pretty good. And I'm glad that uh, you enjoyed the solo play episodes, Jason. Um, I'm probably going to do, I think what would make sense to do is um, once I'm at a good kind of pause point for the campaign, the Against the Dark Master campaign, that what I'll do is put it on pause for a little while, maybe like a week or so, and then um, do a an episode about my experience playing Against the Dark Master, sort of like a an overview part three kind of thing um, to say like, Hey, this is sort of what I noticed about playing and what I like and what I don't and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, that is, uh, that is what I am working on. So yeah. All right. Um, and I've got another call in from Jason. So let's go to that. Hey, Arlen, Jason here. I, just listen to your latest episode and realize I called that board game the wrong thing. It's Star Trek Fleet Captains by WizKids. And um, the episode I'm going to release tomorrow, my episode 142 of my podcast, Nerds RPG Variety Cast, is going to cover that more in depth. So if you want to hear more about that Star Trek game, Star Trek Fleet Captains, I'll talk about it tomorrow on my podcast. So anyhow... As always, great podcast. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Yeah, cool stuff. Thanks for calling in, Jason. Um, it's always good to get the correct name for the game and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, the uh, I look forward. I haven't listened as of right now, but after I finish this episode, I think I'm going to go listen to your episode and uh, hear about that board game and all that sort of stuff. So that'll be fun. Um, and then also, I, I it looked like from the description that you talk a little bit about your experience in Adventures in Middle-Earth, which was, of course, a ton of fun um, for me, at least. And I hope it was a lot of fun for you. Um, so we are going to... Um, 
to yeah yeah i i um hope you enjoyed and i'll i guess i'll hear you talk about that um and talk about carl's call of cthulhu invictus game which sounds like it was a ton of fun um so yeah i think that um is everything for the call-ins um i guess i'm just gonna sort of talk about uh some of the games and interactions and and stuff that i'm thinking about for a little while just just sort of a ramble episode um i feel like that you know i don't do that that often anymore um i mean all my episodes are kind of rambly but um i don't really do a sort of pure ramble episode that often um or haven't recently. So, you know, that might be fun and uh, might make me feel better and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I think I'm going to do that. So I just called in to Jason's podcast talking about, cause he, um, in his most recent episode, as of when I am recording talks a little bit about the adventures in middle earth game that we played. Um, and it got me thinking a little bit about some of the stuff that I really like about adventures in middle earth. Um, some of the kind of mechanical stuff that, um, you know, just feels really good in my opinion about the way that that game works. Like, for instance, um, one of the interesting side effects of the lack of magic is that there's basically no healing at range. There's, there's no, as far as I can tell, there is no power that allows a character to heal, a player character to heal another player character without being adjacent to them on the battle map. And one of the things that means is that having your frontline fighters go down is um, really devastating because, of course, what will happen is that either the orcs or enemies, orcs or wargs or whatever, stand around and finish them off. Um, and uh, basically they, uh, whatchamacallit, they... Um, they, you know, finish off with extra attacks that equal failed death saves, or they step over the bodies, and then it's, well, it's totally up to chance, because remember, death saves don't allow you to include your constitution modifier or anything like that. You're just rolling your d20, trying to get 10 or higher, which you have, you know, 55% to 45%. Your odds are slightly better for surviving than for dying, um, but very swingy. Um, and as a result, I think one of the uh, things about uh, Adventures in Middle Earth is that you, you know, keeping your guys topped up and um, the sort of timing of the healing feels a lot more like um, old school, where in our, in our old school games, because of spell interruption, there's not a lot, uh, often there's not a lot of uh, kind of healing in the midst of combat unless it's in a really desperate situation more often than not um, healing during combat unless it's with a potion is done uh, in the aftermath of the combat or it's done before the combat to try to get everybody ready for fighting and i think adventures in middle earth kind of gets that feel in a lot of ways because you don't have ranged healing to kind of just oh somebody went down bring them back up there's there's not that um, whack-a-mole up down up down type feeling that uh, 5e can sometimes get it's really you know 
oh shit, somebody went down and we don't have any way to get to them, they're basically going to have to roll their death saves. Um, so I think that is, uh, I think that's a really neat, and that's part of why the way that the game is balanced, for instance, the, the scholar class who has the hands of a healer ability, the scholar class with the hands of healer ability can do that after every short rest rather than after every long rest. So you're expected to be able, if you have a scholar in your group to be able to keep everybody relatively healthy, I think, um, using the the scholar's abilities um not you know you're not necessarily going to get to keep everybody at completely full the whole time if they take some damage but i think you're i think the 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 designers expect that there's going to be you know uh use of that healing resource um, rather than being spells that recover on a long rest, which in Adventures in Middle Earth, this is this is another thing that I really like. Long rests are like a week of time at least, and they have to be in a sanctuary. Um, so you can't just long rest like out on the road or even in a town that you don't have any type of like, you know, safety in necessarily. You know, you have to be in a safe place to long rest, which means of course, that the abilities that are tied to long rests or to hit dice are um, really pretty pretty precious resources on journeys where you may have several encounters over the course of the journey. It's much closer to the way that the DMG talks about um, in 5th in edition, the Dungeon Master's Guide. One of the things it talks about is the number of encounters to, per day, the number of balanced encounters per day that characters should expect to face between each long rest. And it's a lot more than most 5e games uh, end up doing, in my opinion. Um, It's something like five to eight balanced encounters per day um, of adventuring, which is a lot, right? That's, uh, That's quite a bit of of resource depletion relative to, it seems like the, the norm is much closer to two or three and then a long rest and then two or three again and then a long rest and then two or three again and then a long rest. Um, unless you're on a really kind of tight time uh, limitation. Anyway, um, what I'm what I'm getting at is this idea that um, having that limitation with the long rests and short rests are a full night of rest um, instead of being like you know an hour to catch your breath and all that sort of stuff. So a um, a short rest even is not necessarily easy to to get if you're in the wild, if you're in a dangerous place, you know, if there's a pack of orcs hunting you, you might have to walk all night or run all night and uh, not have a chance to uh, sleep for the night and get your short rest abilities back. But there are a lot of abilities that recharge on a short rest. And so that, I think it makes a really interesting, in my opinion, a a dynamic that is really interesting, that is um, a different focus than in um, regular 5e and a different feel than regular 5e in the same way that the um, 
lack of, of ranged healing means that you have to actually, you know, open up a path through the enemies to get your healer to the, the, the downed character, or you have to finish off the fight so that you can, uh, you know, rescue the downed character. Um, in that way, you uh, also have a really different feel um, to journeys and to those those precious resources that you have. Like some some characters can get some really cool abilities that are on an expended hit die. I think um, the Rivendell elves, some of their in particular their cultural virtues are based on expend a hit die to do something really cool. But of course, you only regain all your hit dice on a long rest. So if you're, you know, a fourth level character on a journey, that that's four uses of that ability at max that you could get. Um, and that's assuming you don't use any hit dice to get hit points back. Um, anyway, so that's a that's a really interesting thing. I also really like, similar to lack of ranged healing is that there isn't really any guaranteed damage that the players have. Um, from a gamist perspective, I can totally see people people who like their MMO-style combat turning up their noses at both of these things, you know, lack of lack of in-action in healing, um, up and down, you know, wave form health, patterns essentially and lack of kind of guaranteed damage as a sort of explosive finisher or something but what i think it means is that every enemy you know there um there is no answer to a powerful like high ac or high um, hit point enemy beyond what you kind of already have you don't have an ace in the hole for instance um, whereas I think in, in regular 5e, for instance, one of the things you can do is, you know, okay, I'm going to use, use powers, use powers, go through the fight. Looks like the boss is really low. So I'm going to use my guaranteed damage ability and, um, do not necessarily a whole lot of damage, but do some guaranteed damage. That's what I found in, um, in Starfinder when we played our most recent Starfinder session. And it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's a very different feel. I think that uh, middle earth combat is going for than um, Starfinder's much more kind of gamist approach. Um, and I think that that gets into the idea of like a big boss enemy is always threatening, right? There is no point at which you can say, okay, we can do our, you know, you know, the last ace in the hole um, guaranteed damage against the boss um, spell and, and finish it off and all that sort of stuff. No, a, a boss creature with like, you know, 16 or 17 AC even once it gets low, you still have to hit it to do that damage. You you know you have to physically hit it with a sword or with an arrow to do damage, and that is you know easier said than done against some of these powerful enemies. Um. Anyway, so I really liked I, I really liked the way that combat felt in the Adventures in Middle-Earth game relative to regular 5B, not in an objective like, oh, this is a much better combat system way. Although I think there are some advantages to the way that combat is done in Adventures in Middle-Earth by limiting the, the player's access to things like healing spells and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
but especially for modeling the type of combat that we see in in Tolkien's books and and even in the movies too you know there isn't really any healing magic in um you know there's no clerics in middle earth there isn't really any any kind of magical healing beyond Aragorn using Athelas to try to keep Frodo alive. And even that is um, not uh, necessarily effective. It's all, you know, very kind of subtle, right? I heard a, I heard a friend um, on Twitter was talking about um, what they liked in, in different games and that sort of stuff. And one of the things that they talked about, um, one of the things they, the phrases that they used, the phrase that they used was vulgar battle spells. And I really love that phrase because I think that um, reflects the, 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 the feel of what I at least don't want in my Middle Earth game so well is the vulgar battle spells, you know, fireball. Fireball is a great spell. It's great for destroying hordes of enemies. It's, you know, always fun to see your wizard cast fireball against a horde of enemies, but it doesn't fit um, the way that magic works in Middle Earth. So, um, yeah, that. Anyway, um, so yeah, Adventures in Middle Earth. I think I am, as I play it more, recognizing that there's some some really well-designed features of um, the game and the way that these different pieces interact. I still don't personally don't necessarily think it's quite as good as the one ring in terms of creating the, the Tolkien feel, but there's some, some clever, there's some clever changes to base game five E in adventures in middle earth um, that I think really do make the world feel much, much closer to Tolkien's middle earth. Um, and there's some other, I really like that the adventures sort of give you permission when you read the adventures, um, they sort of give you permission to move away from balanced encounters that um, a lot of the, the, the Wilderland Adventures book, a lot of the adventures in there, um, the encounters are not that much more difficult for the seventh level party than for the first level party. And there's a sense that, you know, this is kind of the nature of the world is that the world is a dangerous place. It's not going to throw balanced encounters at you. Middle Earth, Middle Earth is not, you know, adventuring in Middle Earth does not mean running into a balanced encounter of orcs at level one and then, you know, twice as many orcs at level two because that's what the balance is. Um, there's some of that. And I think there's actually a clever way in which that um, there's something, something sort of clever about that if you were playing like the Mirkwood campaign where, you know, as Mirkwood falls to darkness, as the Nazgul... Um, make inroads in controlling Mirkwood and all that sort of stuff as sort of the world is darkening, um, the dangers are getting more and more threatening. And so you can still throw, you know, you can start off with the first level party that's getting balanced encounters thrown at them. And then by the time they get to seventh level, well, balanced encounters have gotten a lot stronger, but so has the kind of narrative explanation of the enemy's power. So Anyway, I'm I'm really really feeling like there's some some clever 
design decisions in Adventures in Middle Earth to make it um, feel closer to what I like about the uh, the Middle Earth um, property, the, the the Middle Earth intellectual property. I think, um, yeah, there's some some clever things about the way that the game is designed, like the lack of healing magic, like the the lack of guaranteed damage magic, like the way that the journeys force much um, a much different kind of play cycle on the the players um it's a very different feel to the uh adventure in a lot of ways to the adventuring in in a lot of ways um which is not not even to say uh, there's also the very kind of basic fact that like journeys are a fun mechanic and they're kind of underutilized in in fifth edition D I think um there's not a lot of at least in the base game. I understand that apparently some of the campaigns that lean more into wilderness travel have some exceptional rules for wilderness travel and people have come up with all sorts of stuff. But anyway, I, I really like the way that, um, that adventures in middle earth handled that. And I had a ton of fun playing with, uh, Jason and his son on this past Saturday. So, you know, anyway, um, I might ramble some more. I guess we'll see if it goes into the outro. Then that means I decided to call it an episode here. Otherwise, I might ramble a little bit more about some of the the games I've been reading and things like that. Um, Adventures in Middle Earth Overview is definitely coming soon. Um, I'm going to record that uh, in the near future and um, I think what I'm going to do for that is a two-parter sort of like against the Dark Master except in this case it's going to be one part that's over the core books the the player's guide and the lore master's guide and one part that's over sort of the supplemental books the um, the region books and the adventure books um, and that way we will be able to uh, talk about all of the different um, stuff for adventures in middle earth. And if you're on the fence about it, you can hear about it. Also recently announced, um, free league who now has the rights to the one ring and adventures in middle earth has announced that they're definitely going to continue the adventures in middle earth line. Um, they're probably going to do one ring second edition first, apparently. Um, which is very exciting. I'm, I'm really excited for the One Ring 2nd Edition, Free League's version of it. I suspect it'll look a lot like the One Ring 1st Edition. Um, but we'll have to see. And it'll be great when it uh, comes out in print and I can get a hold of it and all that sort of stuff. Um, otherwise, anyway, what they announced was that they would definitely be doing 5e Adventures in Middle-Earth stuff related to the one ring stuff that they do. So there's going to be more 5e middle earth content. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, end of this section of rambling. All right. I guess that is it for today's episode. Um, ended up being less rambly than I expected, but you know, maybe tomorrow we'll get a full on ramble episode. Um, where I talk about all sorts of just random stuff. 
Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed. If you want to get in contact with me, I am at Cows from Powis on Twitter. I'm here on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Pelham's Wasteland. And I have a YouTube channel. YouTube channel is called Live from Pelham's Wasteland, like the podcast. Um, so yeah, if you, uh, are interested in any of my content, you can, you know, get in contact with me and, uh, leave a message or something like that. I'm looking to, I'm thinking about doing more, doing a uh, number, trying to get some of my friends to do interviews again. So if you're interested in doing that, um, I think that would be a lot of fun. You should let me know if you would like to be interviewed to to talk about gaming and stuff. So yeah, um, otherwise I uh, hope everything is good with you guys. I've been Arlen Walker, I've been live from Pelham's Wasteland, and I will see you next time. Take care, everybody.